what series we started last week? A couple of leaders know. What did you get last week? I'll ask you that. Remember what thing you brought home? At least some of you brought it home. Others of you got it all over the place. I should have known that was going to happen. I think I heard it over here. Mose, what was it? Salt in a candle you brought home. What, what was it about? What did it mean? Be salty. That's right. Everyone tell Tim, be salty. <laughs> it was about being a salt of the earth and light of the world, right? And Jesus said that about us as believers. One more time, I'm taking it. <laughs> it's, you don't know what a whistle looks like? <laughs> so, do you guys remember what passage in Matthew that comes from? Probably one of the most popular sermons ever, if not the most popular. And then next is Tim's. <laughs> John, go ahead. Well, it's not the Beatitudes. Oh, yeah. You said Sermon on the Mount, Z? Why didn't you tell me? He, uh, he didn't raise his hand. Yes, Jada. Matthew 5, yes. Sermon on the Mount. So we're on a series called On the Mount. It's all about the stuff that Jesus said during the Sermon on the Mount. And we're not going to get through all of it. It's three chapters long. It's a lot of stuff. But I encourage you guys to read it in your free time. Because you should be reading the Bible, right? I know I've been reading it lately. I'm like, man, I need to read this part of the Bible more often. It's got some good stuff in it. But after he talks about being the salt of the earth and the light of the world, he then says, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And then after that, he jumps right into a bunch of different important things that we should know how to live a godly life. And the way that he starts it out is he, he leads with an intense concept that every one of us, I'm sure, can relate to. Who here has ever gotten angry before? Anyone? Who here has gotten angry today? <laughs> Who's gotten angry here? <laughs> okay, you don't have to raise your hand for that one. <laughs> anger is a real thing, right? And anger is something that we deal with, something that you should deal with. <laughs> Hopefully you deal with it in a healthy manner. But he talks about anger. That's like the, one of the first things he brings teaching on when he shares a sermon in his ministry. One of the first things he talks about in his ministry is anger in light of this. He goes with the Beatitudes and he goes on from there. But in Matthew 5, verse 21 through 26, I'm going to do New Living Translation, Gregory, if you want to get that verse ready to roll. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 26. He's got a lot to say about anger. And it's some things that were pretty countercultural. They were against what the people believed themselves and what they'd been taught for so long by the religious leaders at the time, which were the Pharisees. So it says, in starting at verse 21, you got it ready there, Gregory? 
So he says in New Living Translation, you have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. All of us have been angry with somebody, right? Means we're all subject to judgment, right? It says, if you call someone an idiot, who's ever done that before? <laughs> if you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. This is, I want you guys to go tell all your friends at school tomorrow. Did you guys know it says idiot in the Bible? <laughs> or get their attention real quick. <laughs> if you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you. Anyone here know if someone's got something against them? If you remember someone's got something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. <laughs> Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge, who will hand you over to an officer, and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. Jesus sets the bar pretty high, right? You read the Sermon on the Mount, you see one thing after another where he's like, this is what you've heard, let me take it up a notch. Here's the standard. Here's what is expected of you. Here's how you're holy. Here's how you're perfect. How many of you know, this is really hard to live up to. This is why we need Jesus to do it. We can't do it on our own. But he, he set the bar high. The word for anger here, it's a verb, and that means something you do with your anger. There's this idea, of, I want you guys to know, being angry is not necessarily in and of itself a wrong thing. It's not a sin to be angry about something. Jesus was angry about things. He had a good reason for it, though. If you wanted to mate me on those things, talk to me after. <laughs> but he was slow to anger. He did not let his anger just explode quickly. And anger is something that if he dealt with it and he was sinless, to be angry isn't wrong. But we see here that it's the, the word he's using is a verb form of the word anger. To bring emphasis, acting on your anger is where the problem lies. Acting with your anger. Lashing out in your anger is where the problem comes. How many of you know when it blows up, you end up doing things you regret? You end up doing things that you wish you could take back. You end up doing things that you might not even be able to make up for. And this is why he, he says these things. He says, you need to take care of this anger before it becomes acted upon. <laughs> you need to take care of the anger before it turns into a verb. <laughs> okay? It means do something with your anger. That's the word he was using. That's why Jesus continues with the idea of calling someone an idiot. Because that's acting upon your anger, right? Start lashing out at somebody. Who's ever been in a car with somebody and you're like, man, you got a problem. Because they're just getting angry at everything. I know Caitlin knows. She's <laughs> talking about me. Just <laughs> no, it's just that. 
Ladies, you want to know how good a man your man is? Ride in a car with him in traffic. <laughs> yeah, don't ride with them if they're. <laughs> I don't want any of them dating. That's why I say that. <laughs> but Jesus, he goes from saying, "If you're angry with someone, judgment," and people are like, "Huh?" I mean, I feel like we could have added this one to her. He said, "What?" series, but he, he says this, and then he expounds upon it, saying, hey, listen, if you do something with that anger, you're subject to judgment. It's going to be a, bring a problem to you, because who here knows that you've, you're not perfect yourself? There's plenty of things you've done that have caused people to be angry, and rightly so, right? Now, to be angry is not wrong, but what you do with your anger could definitely be wrong. It's a matter of how you handle it, what you do with it. So we're doing a little anger management here tonight. It says here, in 1 John, you can get this one ready, 1 John 3, 15, New Living Translation. I'll be in the NLT for the, the entirety of this, Gregory. So 1 John chapter 3, towards the end of the Bible. John is one of the uh, disciples of Jesus, and he is talking to the church, and he's talking about the disputes that these people are having amongst each other. And he's wanting them to get these things resolved. And he brings some pretty strong verbiage to this to, to prove a point. And it's in connection, really, with what Jesus said. So in 1 John 3, 15... It says, anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. And that's pretty serious. That's intense. But it lines up perfectly with what Jesus said, right? It says, if you are angry with somebody, you're subject to judgment. And he was talking in the light of people saying, well, as long as you don't hurt them, as long as you don't kill somebody... Your anger is justifiable. But that's not true, right? Based off of this, we need to conduct ourselves honorably and with integrity and in a way that Jesus would. Which, let's be honest, he had every right in regards to people that are with sin to stone people. Yet he walked this earth for 33 years and never lifted a finger against somebody. Pretty amazing. The walk on this earth amongst people when you yourself are perfect and people are being constantly imperfect to you, temptation would be pretty high to want to be imperfect back to them, right? <laughs> but he never did it. Who here has ever had a problem with somebody? Who here has ever had a problem with somebody in the church? There's a lot of that happening. Yeah, and I think it's something that God is really, really wanting us to know, I desire unity. I desire you guys to be as one. It says in John 17, when Jesus prayed his last, one of his last prayers while he was on the earth, it's called the high priestly prayer. And he, he says, I desire that they would be one, as you and I are one. He's talking to God the Father. Now that's really close. <laughs> the Trinity, right? And he, he desires there to be unity. The standard that John lays out in 1 John, is, it's incredibly high standard as well. 
And it's, honestly, I feel like it's further expressed by Jesus telling us what to do when we've wronged someone, which is what he ends up doing. He says, hey, if, if you've wronged somebody, take care of it with them before you even come to me. <laughs> Go get reconciled with them before you bring an offering to me. And I know for myself, that's, that's something I'm like, no, I don't want to talk to them first. I want to go to you. <laughs> when you bring him with you, it makes it doable. When you bring Jesus with you in the situation, it makes it possible. How many of you know how hard it can be to go talk to somebody when you've wronged them, right? It's not easy to do. But God puts such a high standard on it that it's something he expects of us to do before we even bring an offering of worship before him. And we just got out of the series on worship, right? So I feel like it's fitting the next thing. Before you even worship me, go take care of your matters. Go settle your accounts with people out there. Because it's going to become a problem if you don't take care of it quickly. Because it allows anger to fester inside of them and grow inside of them. And how many of you know when you hold on to anger for a while, it can get real bad, <laughs> Right? They can turn into an awful thing. It tells us to take care of the matter quickly and not even bring our offering before God. So we are to get rid of it quickly. In Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27, it says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Have you guys ever gone to bed angry? Gone to bed mad. How did you get good sleep that night? Did you? Was it awesome? <laughs> no. Let me, let me share a little bit of story with you. Caitlin and myself, we never go to bed angry. If we go to bed angry, the matter is resolved before the morning. <laughs> and it means I'm not sharing in detail everything. No, no. <laughs> No, I, I don't even know the situation. <laughs> you want me to share the one early on? The one early on? Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Here's a little... It, it, gentlemen, take some notes, okay? <laughs> Ladies, you take some notes too. If you want to know a little bit about how to have a wonderful marriage... Just kidding. <laughs> Woo. A little too much. I'll stay up here on the platform. <laughs> So here's the thing. Early on in our marriage, and I don't even remember how early on it was, but... <laughs> oh yeah, it was before we ever had kids, for sure. And for sure, yeah, the first few months. And so, I don't even know what it was I did, but I did something to make her upset. <laughs> and I go to bed, and I just go to bed, because I'm not the one who's upset. <laughs> I go to bed just fine. I'm like, oh, all right, good night. And gentlemen, read her face, okay? <laughs> and I, I go to sleep, just fine, no problems, and she's there. Just pressed up against the backboard of the bed, just mad. And then she, like, punches me. And I don't even know. It was like... <laughs> she hit me. Yes, you're making your own story. <laughs> So she at least wakes me up in some manner, okay? Do <laughs> you want to share it? You want to come up here and grab the mic? <laughs> Whatever, go ahead. 
she was mad at me about something, and and it was like, no, it's over here, it's over here. It was like two or three in the morning. <laughs> okay, this is really what happened. He was asleep for the whole thing, so he doesn't know. We, something had happened, and I don't remember what it was either. But That's how I know, stupid it was. All I remember is that I was mad at him, and I was trying to, like, hint to him that I was mad at him by not telling him, but just not snuggling with him before bed. And he was like, just fell asleep. And I was like, we didn't snuggle. I thought you'd understand. And then I was I'm like. words of affirmation, okay? You gotta say I something. was, like, mad. <laughs> I was mad, so I, like, moved around in the bed lot, hoping to wake him up. I, like, pushed him a little, trying to wake him up. He never woke up. And this was, what, 2 in the morning? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was late. It was past midnight. I decided, fine, I'm still mad at you right now. I'm going to go sleep on the couch. So I tried to go to sleep on the couch. And after about a half hour of trying to go to sleep, and I couldn't sleep on the couch, number one, because I can't sleep on a couch, number two, because I was she so was mad so at him, angry. I couldn't sleep, I finally went back, and I got into bed, and I was like, hey! And he's like... And I was like, did you know that I'm mad at you right now? And he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he didn't even I, know he was sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, what for? Yeah. And she gave me the two what for. <laughs> she, she told me. But we, we resolved our matter. We did. And I'm just going to say, if there's any of you in here that have a dispute with somebody now, holding a grudge against somebody, you're angry with somebody, you need to take care of it quickly. Because if you don't, it causes you to lose sleep, it causes you to lose character, it causes you to really lose who God's made you to be. It has a way of growing into this bitter root of destruction in your life that just wreaks havoc, and it causes you to be a bitter person, and then just everybody around you too. And the tendency we have when we're angry is to go towards people to talk about this thing who... We tell our story to make us look like the awesome person, make the other person look bad. And we, we try to make them side with us to just keep fueling more fire onto the story. Fueling more anger to just make the matter even worse instead of actually handling the situation the way he says you do. Before you take care of it with God, go to them. Go talk to them. If you've wronged somebody, make it right. And you guys know if you've wronged somebody, right? I don't have to tell you you've wronged somebody most of the time. Most of the time. Usually there's a nudge in the Holy Spirit that's saying, hey, that wasn't cool. That wasn't right. You need to go fix that. Everything all right there? Okay. So let me read that verse in Ephesians again. It says Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Don't sin by letting anger control you. That's the real key thing. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. It has a way of opening the door to the enemy to wreak havoc in your life in ways you wouldn't even imagine. Some translations say, be angry and do not sin, or sin not. And it's this idea of, wait, didn't Jesus say, if you're angry, you're subject to judgment? Well, it's this idea of, what do you do with it? Are you going to act upon it, 
in an unrighteous manner that brings about problems in your life. What if you've been really, really wrong? Like, not petty things like we argued about when we were early on in our marriage. <laughs> but like, you've really been hurt. The things that have been done to you are awful. And I would say there's some of you here that have had awful things done to you. And I want to say I'm sorry for that happening to you. But what, what do you do with those situations? What are you supposed to do with those wrongs that have been done to you where it's caused such an incredible amount of anger inside of you, you don't even know what to do with it? You kick it in the butt. <laughs> don't go to bed angry. <laughs> All right, Matthew 5. We'll go on from here. <laughs> Matthew 5 verse 38 through 48. This is a little bit after the passage I read out of Matthew earlier. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 through 48. It says, You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not risk an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek. Also, if you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, Hopefully you have another. <laughs> Give your coat, too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it, too. Give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that, but you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus was addressing the flip side of the argument he was saying earlier. One situation was, if you've wronged somebody, here's how you take care of it. This is, if you've been wronged, here's how you take care of it. See, anger can be caused by one of two things. It can be caused by, you got angry with somebody and did something wrong, or you got something done wrong to you, and so you lash out in anger. It makes you upset. And he's trying to say, don't add fuel to the fire. <laughs> Do not make the situation worse. A little history lesson for you guys. In Jewish culture during this time, they were under Roman captivity. And this is why he says, soldiers, if soldiers ask you to take their gear for one mile, take it two. This is because under Roman law, they were allowed, as a soldier, to ask anyone to carry their gear for them at any point. They could do it, and they always did it to the Jews. So the Jews would always get asked, and the, the, the Jews hated the Romans because they saw that they were being oppressed by them, and they saw them as the enemy, that they were there taking their place when it was rightfully their land, it was their place, it was theirs to have. God gave it to them. And then Rome comes in and boots them out. Well, doesn't boot them, but takes over control of it. So Jesus was using an example that they already were living with. 
where if you have a soldier come up here and say, take my stuff for me, one mile, go. They couldn't refuse it, or they would be subject to judgment <laughs> by the Romans. And he says, take it even further. Have you guys ever heard the phrase, go the extra mile? This is where it comes from. Take it the extra mile. Go the extra mile. And what does it mean to go the extra mile? It means to go above and beyond, right? It means to do more than what's asked of you. They ask you to do something, you do it even better. You do it with more excellence. Leave the place better than you found it, right? And this is the example that Jesus is saying. He's saying, your enemy asks you to do something, do it doubly. <laughs> do it even more than they ask for you. I want you guys to think of the person that infuriates you the most <laughs> in regards to this, because that's who the Romans were to them. They infuriated them. They wanted nothing to do with Rome, and anyone that was on their side was their enemy too. That's why they didn't like the tax collectors, because they worked for the city, they worked for the government, and they were exploiting riches from people by taking more than they were asked to take. And so they didn't like the tax collectors either. They saw them as the enemy. Jesus was addressing, when you're wronged, here's how you deal with it. You serve the person. You love them. That's really what you've got to do. And I know it's hard to do. You might be saying, you have no idea what they've done to me. You have no idea how much they've wronged me. Yeah, I understand. I, I get it. I might not know. But Jesus died on the cross for you to be free of your anger. And the way that you get free of that anger is to embrace the love that he's put inside of you to pour out to others. And one of that is by loving your enemies, by praying for those who persecute you. We're not meant to be quick to, we're not meant to be quick to get angry, right? In the same way that we're not meant to hold on to anger for a long time. We're supposed to let the matter go quickly. In James 1, 19 through 21, this is where James explains not just to let go of anger quickly, but don't hold on to it. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen. James 1, 19 through 21. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness of what? Righteousness God desires. You guys want what God desires? You guys want to give God what he desires in your life? Deal with your anger. <laughs> it doesn't produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. Amen. People are going to hurt you. And I'm sorry for it. People do. People are the worst. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the worst. <laughs> All right, now look back at him and say, I'm the worst too. Uh -huh. Not so quick to do that one, are you? But people, people are frustrating, right? People are difficult. They can be a challenge. 
And unfortunately, they can sometimes bring challenges into our life that wouldn't have been there if they weren't there. But here's the deal. You can't do life alone. So you got to learn how to work together. you got to learn how to work with one another. Nobody likes to be alone. I don't care how many of you say, I like to be alone. Not true. I don't believe it. Loneliness is not something desired by people because we're not meant to have it. Adam was in a perfect world when he was made, with the exception of one thing. He was by himself. So God saw him and said, no, you need somebody. And so he made Eve. And now there's all of us here. <laughs> you guys can't do things alone, so you better work, work on things. You better figure out how to coexist with one another and work together. Because if you're going to be in the eternity with each other, you better get used to being with each other. <laughs> right? People are going to hurt you. They're going to wrong you. And when you get angry, get rid of it quickly. But here's the other thing. Don't get angry quickly. You need to learn how to not. I'm just going to tell you, if, if you're somebody that gets angry quickly, you're going to really burn your bridges in life. You shouldn't want your bridges burning. You don't want what? You can fix it with God. Here's the thing. You try to fix manage yourself, it's not going to work. You need Jesus to do this. That's why Jesus said, take my yoke upon me. For my burden is easy, it's light. When you try to fix manage yourself, you're trying to pull a cart along. This isn't even my note. When it comes to two oxen, when they would be plowing a field, they would be yoked with one that was more experienced when they're getting a new one on, so that they would know how to do it. This old, stubborn one would stay the course, and the young one would be wanting to jerk it off course. The stubborn one would stay on it. He would keep it going. That's what it means to be yoked with Jesus. When you yoke yourself with him, He's honestly doing a lot of the will of you. He's doing a lot of the brunt work. And he's the one that teaches you how, how to stay straight, <laughs> how to stay on the path that you're supposed to be on, because he's the one that knows how to do it. <laughs> Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25 says, Don't befriend angry people. I love Proverbs, as you all know. <laughs> One reason you guys might be angry is because you've surrounded yourself with angry people. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25 says, Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people. Or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. In light of what Jesus said about anger, that cannot be even more true than, he, than Saul said it. Saul. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. It is a warning. Some of you guys have been having warning signs show up on your road of life for a while. Yes. You what? You ignore them? Good. It's the way to be. Don't surround yourself with people 
that are like this. It's just going to cause problems. Do the people you surround yourself with encourage you to stay angry and act in it? Or do they encourage you to forgive and change it? Because if you surround yourself with people that encourage you to just act on it, I'm just going to tell you now, your life is heading for destruction. I mean, it's up to you if you want to take that road. I don't. But it's your choice whether you're going to take that road or not. The temptation is to go, no, I have a right to be angry. I have a right to this. I have a right to feel the way that I do. Well, it's up to you whether you're going to live a life that's blessed or live a life that's angry. Jesus said himself that blessing comes when we choose that life. It brings blessing into our lives. Let me see if I can find this here. They're having fun downstairs, huh? (laughs) It's up to you whether you're going to choose to live a blessed life or an angry life. In James 1, 22 through 27, I know I'm going quick here, Gregory. I'm trying to get done. (laughs) It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, like you do a mirror, look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourselves and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Guys, anger, choosing to act in anger and live in anger and walk in anger really is a form of corruption. It's the way that the enemy has corrupted anger to be something to use to his advantage. Because anger in and of itself, like I said, is not sin. But the choice is ours whether we're going to choose to walk in it or not. Whether we're going to let things go, let it be, give it to God and say, Lord, you help me navigate this because I don't know how to deal with this. It's something that's not easy to do. The last verse I have for you, Gregory, is Ephesians 4, 31 through 32. I'm going to have us do something. And Katie, I know I never told you this, but could you come up and just say, Waymaker? Yeah. I want the leaders to come up here. All the leaders to come up front. All you leaders. I want to give the leaders a hand. Let's give the leaders a hand. Clap for the leaders. You guys are wimps. (laughs) All right, now listen up. Listen up. I'm going to give you guys all an opportunity to release this anger in a healthy manner. (laughs) In a way that's right. That's good. Steer clear of the cross here a little bit. Actually, if you two could grab the the notepad and the nails and the hammer. There's pens in the seats. If you need a pen, grab a seat. Or uh, if you need a seat. If you need a pen, grab it in the seats. Okay? Yeah. They're in the back. 
back of the seat, so in the front, you got to go behind you. So, what I want you guys to do, I want you, to, while Katie's playing, I want you to think about something. I'm sure there's something that's coming to mind now. Something that you're angry about. Something that you've been holding on to. That you've been angry for a long, long time. Some of you here might be going, ah, I'm not, I don't really have anything I'm angry about. Well, maybe there's something that happened today. <laughs> or maybe there's something that somebody does that just bothers you. Every single time it happens, you're like, why do they keep doing that? Might be a sibling, might be a classmate, I don't know. Might be me. <laughs> Hopefully not. But I want you, you might be somebody here that's done something wrong to somebody too. I want to encourage you guys, if there's somebody who has something against you, go settle the matter with them. Don't take forever to do it. Don't burn your bridges. Because you might need to go get their help one day. <laughs> and you don't want them to be gone. And I want you guys to think of things that you might be angry with yourself. So write those things down. And then come up here and nail it on the cross. Yeah. So, yeah, just rip a page off. And then nail it on the cross. And then I encourage you guys to talk to a leader. We're not going to do groups tonight. We're just going to talk to our leaders. If there's something that I encourage you, if you nailed something to the cross, talk to a leader about it. Bring it up to them. Let them know what's going on. And ask them to pray with you to be able to, to stand with you with the, the issue that you're dealing with. Okay? I'm going to pray. And then I want you guys to go ahead and do this. Lord, we thank you that you're somebody who knows how to handle our anger when we don't. God, I thank you that you're somebody who died on the cross for us to not have to sin in our anger so that we can be set free from a bondage of this. Lord, I pray for anyone here that's been dealing with anger that they would be free tonight of this that they've been holding on to for so long. Lord, I pray that they would remember what you did for them on the cross. In Jesus' name. Amen.